Welcome to Drinking During Business Hours, where we have interesting conversations over a great bottle of wine. Drinking is optional. So sometimes my guest doesn't drink and they just watch me drink. That's fine too. I'm Sarah Halstead, your host. Support the show by subscribing, following, liking, and reviewing our episodes. Check out my website, Sarah J. Halstead, for my latest stand updates and social media links. Well, hey, 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 welcome back to Drinking During Business Hours. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And thanks for tuning in to the two past vintage episodes. I hope you enjoyed those while I was on a much-needed vacation. I had the best vacation. And let me tell you, if you really want to get and experience quintessential French culture, Go to Club Med Cancun, Mexico. (laughs) 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 Because that is exactly what it is at Club Med. And shout out to everyone in Cancun at that lovely resort. Uh, Everyone was amazing. The staff was superb. The food was spectacular. Uh, And everything else just did what it's supposed to do. Those beautiful blue waters and sand and it was it was just heaven really and it was so needed like my first lay around and do nothing vacation in about seven about seven years so uh i'm back and today i have a very important guest (laughs) (laughs) i have comedian and actor rich chasler hi rich hi sarah Boy, it's so it was just so nice running into you in Cancun, Mexico. Wasn't that weird? I, what, what are the chances of that? I don't know. I walked into the room and there you were. On the bed. Right there waiting. <laughs> what are the odds? Rich, you want to talk about what, what happened in Cancun? Well, I think, isn't there a saying what happens in Cancun gets photographed and put all the way up on social media? Yes, yes. That's if you check our socials, you can pretty much uh, see well, that, uh, you know. Yeah, well, for a lot of people, most people, for everybody who doesn't know because nobody knew, we have been secretly sort of um, doing that thing. What they what do they call it? dating, hanging out? I don't know what you want to call it, but <laughs> well, that's what you call it. We had, uh, yeah, that's just, what the kids are calling it you these were days. Following me around? Yes, I was, and uh, <laughs> you were walking slow enough for me to catch up at times. At times, <laughs> and so we uh, we, we we had been secretly sort of seeing each other, keeping it on the. Uh, the down low, as the kids are saying, you know, because uh, everybody doesn't need to know everybody's business. No, I've, you know, I'm, I'm quite private. Yeah, as am I. And yeah, it felt good to have something just for us that no one else knew about. Yeah, I mean, I had a handful of friends in New York and a couple of folks, but nobody really in the comedy community. And we really, um, we kept it private to see what was happening. And um, your birthday, mm-hmm. I had uh, a birthday had come up, and I thought it might be a nice time to uh, take you away for your birthday. And so we went to the beautiful Club Med in Cancun, which you actually decided you wanted to do. I was thinking about like sightseeing in Europe or something like that, and you were all about. No, I was just tired. I just wanted to relax. I wanted to eat and drink and eat and drink. And eat and drink. We got to That's do that, by the way. I, yeah, and, and sleep. Yeah, and yeah, and just really recharge. And we got to do that. And uh, while we were there, you know, we ate and drank and, and slept. We, and I played some drums with the band one night. And it's pretty hot. And uh, then I um, then I asked you to marry me. <laughs> And I said yes. So, you know. Here we are. Yeah, here we are doing a podcast. By the way, I have been asking you to be on this podcast long before I asked you to marry me. Let's be really clear here. I've been wanting, I've just been wanting to be a guest of yours because Uh, I I love listening to the podcast and you you know, I'm a wine guy. I I wasn't sure if I, you know, I wanted to make sure that you were worthy to be a guest on this very special show. Well, I wanted to, you know, hey, I, you needed to kind of prove yourself a little. There's a quality that you have and you get great guests and it's I do. a really awesome vibe and I was like, I want to do that podcast. Well, you've 
you're the best guest and <laughs> <laughs> not nothing against my past guests, but you know, they're not uh sweeping me off to Cancun on my birthday posing <laughs> underneath the moonlight. And by the way, if you are an actor, a stand up, you do something interesting in life and you want to be a guest on drinking during business hours, just take Sarah to Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> That'll get you on the show, believe me. Here I am finally. And ask me to marry you. Um, That'll get you to co-host. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm really happy, Rich Chesler. I'm glad you're happy, Sarah Halstead. Yeah. I'm glad. You look happy. I am. You also yeah. look recharged and you look relaxed. Good. And, you know, we had a We had a great vacation and it turned into a life event. It turned into a life event and it was a week without stand-up and it was a... Uh, a week without working out. A week without working out. <laughs> we did bring gym clothes, though. Those didn't oh, yeah, get always, used. Always. Yes. Always. On every vacation, I bring gym clothes and never use them. Yes. So if you like want... got to do that. Yeah. If you want to take up extra room room in your suitcase for absolutely no reason when you're on vacation pack your gym stuff <laughs> <laughs> um so now what we're getting married now what do we do um I, well then i guess we uh, have to that the stuff you do when you get married i suppose plan okay argue um, no we haven't we, had a fight yet we actually don't argue do we I, we're supposed to have a fight aren't we Depends on what. What do you what, what do you want to fight about? I just I can't find anything to fight about. I don't want to go to strip clubs for a bachelor party. Okay, that's not going to be a fight. Um, arguing about how you load a dishwasher <laughs> is not worth a fight. Um, so I don't I don't understand that. I, what know, do you want to fight okay, about? Well, let's kind of go to the beginning of how this started. We have two different mm. stories of how this started. Oh, yeah, and what, you, you love wine, and you're a wine collector, and we're drinking a nice uh, bottle of Sauvignon Blanc by Dashwood today. It's beautiful. New Zealand. And, you know, that's something that, that bonded us, sort of bonded us from the beginning, sort of. I mean, I say sort of because I wasn't quite, in the beginning, I didn't really know about you, you know? I mean, you kind of came on strong, Rich. I didn't come on strong. I asked pertinent questions. You asked, is there a Mr. Sarah within the first three minutes of conversation with me? You want to know why that's a pertinent question? Because if you said yes, that would have been the last question I asked. <laughs> you don't waste your time. What? Who's got time? <laughs> what I am like I, that. nine? I like that. No, I mean, you did not really waste any <laughs> You didn't waste any time. I didn't want to waste any time. You were very special and you're very beautiful. And I found you intriguing and magnetic. And so I just wanted to know out of the gate, was I going to waste any time if I tried to, you know, get you to have an ice cream cone or, you know, so I just needed to know. I hate ice cream. Yeah, that is true. Um, but I didn't know that then, <laughs> you know, so I just needed to know coming in. Like, is there a Mr. Sarah? No, there's not. But you don't want any part of me, you said. Well, I, you know, was coming out of something. And before that, I was in something. And, you know, I had been burned like a lot of adults yeah. and I just had made a decision. I was resolute that I would be alone for the rest of my life and happy with it. And I was quite content, you know, just chasing my dream and uh, working and diving into comedy and creative projects and, you know, just kind of fooling myself that that's all I needed and then when you meet someone that you have so much in common with and someone that is makes your life easier without even trying because they have the same interest as you and they're on the same plane as you and I just had forgotten how nice that felt. So you thought that by telling me countless times that you were not attracted to me and wanted nothing to do with well, me was the way to get me to stay. I wasn't sure that you were for real. And <laughs> I, you know, didn't, I wasn't sure about you. I understand. And I was resolute. You know, I had made up my mind that I wasn't going to be with anyone. And I didn't know at the time how much better life would be with you. So at the time, I had my, yeah, I kept you at an arm's length. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, you kept me serious at arm's length, like hand against my, like, do not come any closer. Yeah. In fact, you smell. You, yeah. You know? I mean, I, you, you don't, you actually smell good. 
You have yeah, the pheromones were there. I did know that. Oh baby. <laughs> but no, I just was I didn't want to like you didn't want to waste your time. Right. I didn't want to waste mine. I, and I didn't want to waste my yours time had either. Been wasted yes, in the past. Likewise. And I'm sure a, a lot of people can relate. Yeah. And I think when you get to be an adult, you know, and by be an adult, I don't mean in your 20s. You know, I think that by the time you hit your late 30s, mm-hmm. early 40s, you it's not that you develop a tolerance for certain things. It's that your life experience, if you've lived some, has um, acclimated you enough to know that when people are in your life that are time wasters or parasites or just they're not serving any purpose they're just kind of there they're there you know what i mean on draining you yeah exactly <laughs> you just kind of know like i gotta move on from this you know and there you know when you're younger you don't know you don't have as much life experience you will waste a lot of time yeah oh, haven't we though yeah we all have oh, yeah. you know that's like I, I couldn't imagine meeting somebody at this stage in my life and dating them for three years before I would know whether or not I wanted to be with them. You know, you know I think, what I mean? I think I do. And I think it was Elizabeth Gilbert, the author, who said, had she not spent so much time with silly boys, she would speak fluent Mandarin by now. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> I understand that. Like the time you think about the productivity that was just wasted Spending it with the wrong people. Time is just so fragile. Yes. Time is just such a, it's it's such a precarious, fragile thing. You don't get and it back. You don't. It, you don't in it. fact, the time I've, I've been here, I cannot get back. So you better make it good. <laughs> Are you having fun so far? Yes, I am. Is this how you wanted the podcast to go when you were finally on? Yeah, I think it's fantastic. I'm, I, I'm, I did not foresee this happening. I, clearly, by your reaction when you turned around and saw me holding a ring on one knee, I was you did not see this happening. I did not see it happening i did not have one idea of an inkling that this was your plan and uh, although you told me every day <laughs> and, and I say, Boy, he's presumptuous you he's really, literally really say presumptuous. you're being very presumptuous so our courtship was really uh it was really poetic even though i did hold you at like an arm's length we we became fast friends yes and we had really nice meaningful dinners and at Denny's. We did. At Denny's <laughs> and at Norm's. Shout out to both of those places. We love you. Fabulous grilled cheese sandwiches in both uh, establishments. Yes, we, we, we're diner people. Yes, we, we do and like diners. You're from New York. Uh, I lived in New York City for a long time, yes. and we just have a love for the 24-hour diners. We really do. Even Casa de Fruta, for anybody listening who knows Casa de Fruta sure they do. on the 152 up in, uh, in Northern California. So I love diners so much that I've grown a, uh, in, a fondness for the thick-lipped mug, that thick mug. <laughs> You know, the coffee mug? Yeah, the white ones that are like ceramic and super thick. Hot chocolate goes very good in those mugs. With the creamers for the coffee. Mm -hmm. And I told you in passing that I even miss the New York City thick-lipped mug. And the next day, Rich Chesler sends me a gift of four mugs and a gift of creamers. And the creamers... He, you sent me like a, a five-year supply It was of a creamers. large box of Dunkin' Donuts creamers. It was so, maybe possibly the most romantic gift I've ever received. It was, and yes, you the roses and champagne constantly, which was really, really nice. The poems, just amazing. But something about, you know, just letting someone know that you're paying attention to detail. And that, to me, it just... You what you've started to really chip away at that concrete exterior that I had built around myself, and it's chipping and chipping. And so you kind of started with that gift, and I still <laughs> wanted to have a cold heart. I just kind of pushed it aside and tried to act like I wasn't affected by it. And um, and you would uh, you came to every single one of my stand up shows. That's Bottle Shock, the first, uh, second Sunday of every month at the Improv. Right. (laughs) And he's my my promoter. Um, 
And uh, and then I had you in the show, and mm-hmm. that's when I realized you were funny. And of course, a little more of the concrete getting chipped away. Oh, he's funny. I like a funny man. <laughs> and you're just as funny off stage as you are on. Thank you. But not a lot of comics are. Well, those are very kind words. I again, you know, I there was no plan that way. I just. Uh, I'm very old-fashioned about certain things, and you know, when you're paying attention to somebody, it's easy to show up. When you have a, an ulterior motive, you know, that's when the work, it becomes work. Yeah. You know, because then you're like diabolical, and you're plotting, and you're scheming, and, and you're you like can feel it. You can feel when someone isn't genuine Absolutely. and sincere, and when they have, yeah, when they, Absolutely. When, when they have an objective... You can feel it. And when they're a climber, you can feel it. Right. And the thing about you is, the thing about you is, you actually have this very warm, beautiful heart. You're not cold. And you, you're this concrete exterior that you were talking about was self-imposed. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't something that you've been wearing your whole life. So it's not like just, oh, she's a cold bitch. It isn't like that. So I just was affected by you and just figured I'm just going to keep showing up. Even when you told me, please don't show up anymore. I did. I told you to not show up. I, you said, I'm not attracted I to you. I'm not attracted to I you. I wish I was. It would be easy. This would be great. We have so much in common, but I'm just not attracted to you. And when you said that to me on the phone that day, what did I tell you? We're going to end up together. I did say that. I'm a. Pr- I'm, and, and I thought, great he's crazy why do i only attract the crazies well you know it's you know i i always thought it would be easier to be with somebody in the industry you know Mm -hmm. as opposed to what we call civilians right you know there's a it's being an artist is hard enough and being in show business is really difficult no matter what side of the camera you're on and there's people don't understand it. They think they do because what they see on television or the shows about show business, you know. But I've been with women before who have said to me, why do you have to go out at nine o'clock at night? Oh, geez. Well, because That's I have to be on- just beginning. Right, I have to That's be on- the second show. Right, I have to be on stage at 10. Mm-hmm. You know, comedy shows don't happen at four o'clock in the afternoon. No, it's a different lifestyle. It's a different lifestyle. And so one of the things that, I always thought would make it easier if I ever got lucky enough. Man, I never thought I was going to get lucky enough to meet you. Um, one of the things I knew would make it easier would be with somebody in the industry. Mm. You know, I mean, I think my first choice was always a high-powered development executive at a network. Okay. <laughs> it's a little easier. You know, because then you're like, honey, what? Can you read this pitch? <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know what might happen. No, you don't. But, <laughs> but you know, the truth is you're an artist. You understand what I do. I understand what you do. Um, we don't read for the same roles, so no. there's no competition <laughs> that way. And... Oddly enough, we're not selfish. Uh, you want me to be my best. I yeah. want you to be your best. And we can actually do a show together and then go home and give each other notes. And there's no ego. And I don't know how this happened, but there's no ego involved. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And um, it just it just made it all very easy. You well, know? I It felt very easy to be friends and then it felt easy to be more than friends and and it's really really easy to be your future wife well wait till you become the wife tell me that's then, easy then <laughs> we'll see what happens then we'll see then what everything happens. changes that's what is gonna yeah you know it's like all of a sudden how come there's no food on the table <laughs> well you're a great cook uh, then you, I'll you make made, sure you this made a great you made a great breakfast this morning. They don't need to know that. Yeah, I, oh, is this where like where are the boundaries going to be? There's are no boundaries. Gonna, I have no. About, I'm kidding. They can are, you can tell them what you. I, I've been intensely private up until now. Yeah, and now all of a sudden you just like blew the doors open. It's like well, literally you like proved yourself. <laughs> I, have a, I have a beautiful ring on my finger. It was a gorgeous proposal, very thoughtful and romantic and beautiful and you just swept me off my feet so yeah you weigh 90 pounds it's not difficult 92 (laughs) wet (laughs) 
but you know, so of course it's it's time and and I feel like I feel really, really good about this. I feel good about you. I feel good about this, whatever we're ab- about to build. I do too. I wanted to be with someone that I could build something with. Yes, you did tell me that once, many, many months ago. You said, I've, I've, you know, I mean, it's, which takes the pressure off having to be like a guy who's a multimillionaire. Yeah. You know, because you didn't want one of those. No. So, hey, lucky me. Yeah. You know, yeah, well, no, you're not getting one right it, now. It so <laughs> It doesn't, yeah, it, it really, that's not what feeds my soul. Um, I, you know. Yeah, I I had that right, and um and it was not the right person. So That's if it's the not thing. the right person, it doesn't, doesn't matter, matter how much money they have. I mean, you and I get to go to the Hollywood Bowl and watch classical music, and you know we listen to the same kind of pop and rock, and yeah. it's you know our tastes are very very similar. But but I think you know when you you meet someone at different stages of their life, and my um, my ex he had already accomplished everything so he was at a different phase of life Mm -hmm. i haven't yet me neither i have a lot that i want to do me too i'm in a completely different phase of life right and that's really where that's really where that wall was and um and then when i met you i felt like we're in the exact same place we're like this is exact i mean you are ahead of me and stand up because you've been doing it for a hundred thousand years. <laughs> Not quite, about seventy three thousand, but almost a hundred thousand years. I've been you've been doing, doing stand up for a long, long time. I started doing stand up in uh, February of nineteen eighty six, so I think I'm coming up. I think I was three. I'm coming up on my thirty seventh year, or something like that. Wow. I was three. <laughs> well, no, I, I, I'm not your age. No, but you weren't three in 1986. Well, I was pretty young. 13. I was 12. 12, okay. <laughs> 10. No, I think you, let's see, 1986 you would have been, um, we're not going to tell anybody. No, uh, no, we don't need, I was really young. Uh, yeah, you oh, were okay. really young. You I, weren't old enough to go out at night. No, yeah. No, there's, you know, I, I I'm... I was really young until I wasn't for you. Right. Right? Yes. That is that is absolutely true. Well, I did. I started doing stand up in 86. And it was a it's been a crazy ride. It really has been. And you're still going, but things you were things have really changed because all of a sudden you show up out of nowhere. I've been playing the LA comedy scene really entrenched, really doing it full tilt for 7 years. And I had never seen you until December of 2021. When we met in the parking lot at the, the Improv. the very first time I ever saw you. I never, well, okay, granted, we were in a lineup at Comedy Store. We didn't know about that. Right. We were actually on a show together yeah. that Omra Menke, shout out to Omra. Yes. Um, yes. That Omra had, was putting together back then. And we were actually on the same show. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. You did not know that until we were talking about my opening line that night uh, because my mother actually uh, and sister had come to that show. But, you know, the L.A. comedy scene is so big. It is big, but the circles are kind of small. Right. And I, So my point is you had you were a road comic. That's I, why I didn't know you. I was on the I road. Mean, there's a, a lot. really big difference. You are a prof- you are a professional comic. There's a really big difference between yeah. what you do and a comic like me does in L.A. Well, you are also a professional stand-up comedian, and I in know that- In a completely that, different capacity. Well, yes, that is true. And 10-minute sets opposed to an hour, hour sets when you're <laughs> playing casinos and, you know- you're, it's, no, definitely what you do is, is, uh, it, it takes more, um, it, it takes more of the craft. It takes more experience. It's not, it's, it's not to be, well, it's to be fully respected. I appreciate that. Thank you. That's very nice of you to say. Um, and you have seen me enough on stage over the past nine months to know that for as long as I've been doing it, for as many thousands and thousands and thousands of hours I've spent on stage doing it, that that craft that you refer to really 
you're never really done figuring it out. Mm. It's so hard and it's so um, intricate and diverse that I hadn't, uh, for example, you were at a show with me that we were doing together. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the first time in probably eight, nine, ten years, I had to deal with a drunk heckler situation that I had not had to deal with in I. I don't even know, at least 10 years, I hadn't been in that position on stage. And that was a muscle that I hadn't had to flex, Mm -hmm. that I didn't work, and I failed at dealing with the heckler. I don't like that word. Well, I, I know you don't, but I did. The truth is I, I did. You didn't handle it well. I did not handle it the right way. And it isn't because I didn't know how to handle it. It isn't because I don't have the information or the skill or the past experience at dealing with it. But I hadn't dealt with it in so long that that particular muscle was cold. Mm. And that just goes to show you that, you know, stand-up is one of those things that even when you're developed... You're still not always using all the tools all the time. Yeah. That's what, to me, that's one of the things, it's one of the beauties and one of the frustrating things of this art form simultaneously. And that's why I tell people when they say, oh, I want to do stand-up, what do you think? I tell them it's the single hardest thing I've ever done in my life. It's exponentially harder than acting. You're a trained classical pianist. Yes. I am a trained drummer and have been playing since I'm seven. I tap dance. You've done musical theater. I've done musical theater. We're both trained actors. Method. Yet stand-up comedy is harder than all. All of those things put together. 100% agree. You know? Yeah. It really, really is. And so I understand when you say, you know, I'm a different type of comedian. I'm at a different level. But the truth is, we are all, once you get to a point like where you're at in your comedy and we've worked together and you came out to feature for me on the road and Mm -hmm. I've watched you do- Wait, I featured for you? What? Yes, I was the Wait headliner. A Wait a second. I was the headliner and you were the opener. I think I, well, uh, there were a couple of times where you featured for me I, on um, the road. I, I didn't feature for you. I did. Yes, I did. You featured a, I, I did. I absolutely did. And I loved it. Absolutely. In San Diego and at the other place that we yeah, did, I, you yeah, were absolutely the headliner. And I, and I, yeah. But I've seen you do 30 minutes of stand-up. Yeah. You know, and you're really good and you have really smart material, which angers me sometimes because I can't write jokes like you. Oh, yes, I can. I I mean, I write a different style. Yeah, we do have different styles. You know, and sometimes I watch, you know, you know when you know a joke is great? Yeah. When you're standing in the back of the room and you hear a comedian do something on stage that makes you angry that you didn't think of it. <laughs> well, I know a, com- a joke is great when I hear other comics laugh at it. Well, that's, that's another that's, that's another tell. Absolutely. Great. When you comedians are laughing at your material, you know you're writing good stuff. Even if they're the only person laughing at that joke, then it, it passes. By the way, it sometimes the green light. Sometimes that is the best mm-hmm. thing to happen. That when you it's called playing to the for the people who don't know, it's called playing to the back of the room. And when you can play to the back of the room because your material is that good that it's going over the audience's head and the comedians are in the back laughing because it's that inside but it's so smart and funny. Yeah. That's so rewarding. Isn't so it? rewarding. It's, it's like my my favorite moment. Yeah. It's why I do stand up. It's that feeling of euphoria. You know when you're cooking up there. You know. Yeah. It's just you got the heat and the heart and it just and the rhythm and it's a it's just it's a dance with the audience. It's a it's a dance like jazz. You it are is absolutely jazz. right. And, you know, yes. and, and Lenny Bruce, mm-hmm. who was a tremendous influence for me when I had first started. Lenny's you know, I have every one of Lenny's albums and I'm a big fan of Lenny's material and I believe that there's not first of all we couldn't be doing what we're doing today if it wasn't for Lenny Bruce and the actual the United States versus Lenny Bruce trial that defined the meaning of the word obscenity in under the law he did it for us he not only did he take that bullet and make it okay for rock musicians and rappers Mm. 
and hip hop artists and, and stand up comedians to be able to say certain things on stage in public yes. that Lenny would constantly get arrested for. And now all this woke bullshit. Uh, yeah, fuck the woke bullshit. Sorry, his entire you know everything that he stood for. Absolutely, and it's just all of those actions are in vain with the stupid bullshit woke movement. I'm sorry, it just I, freezes, just puts tape over our mouth. Art has a job. Its job is to provoke. Its job is to provoke emotion mm -hmm. and feelings and uh, feelings of anger, feelings of lust, feelings of joy and happiness, sadness, whatever. You look at a painting and the way you feel when you're looking at that painting, that painting is doing its job. Yes. Because the job is to provoke. It has one job. And whatever it may be. That's what it's provoking. Correct. That's whether the job angry, of art. Whether you're sad, right? Whether you're happy, whether you laugh, whether you poop, it doesn't matter. The fuck it is. That's the job <laughs> of art. Art's job is to provoke. And yeah. if you've ever been in the car listening to the radio and a song comes on that you don't like, what do you normally do? You change the station. Just change the station because you have the option. Change if you don't it. like the art you're listening yes. to, and if you're in my show yes. and you don't like what I'm talking about, Leave. just just turn around. Quietly. You'll see an exit Quietly. sign. Exactly. Use it. Get out of the don't room. Heckle. I don't want to fucking hear that I shouldn't be saying something because I might be offending your friend. Fuck you and your friend. Don't come to a comedy. Don't come show. to a comedy show. Comedy is not for the weak. Comedy is an art form that is not for the weak. And if you're a person who wants to be catered to when you're listening to comedy. Go to corporate events. Go to corporate events. Absolutely. Go to a children's birthday party. Go, yes. Watch Romper Room. Go, go hang out with the clowns. Right. And getting, so the, taking this full circle, when we were talking about how comedy is like jazz, and Lenny was like a jazz musician who couldn't play an instrument. Yeah. So when you watch Lenny or you listen to Lenny Bruce... You can hear him snap, and it's the rhythm. And he would work in this sort of jazz idiom yeah. kind of rhythm yeah. that it takes on a life of its own, you know, and it cooks. Oh, you're so correct. And, you know, one of the things I love about stand-up today are lineups. You know, we now have lineups. It's not just a feature and a headliner in L.A. and in New York City. You have a lineup of like, you know, four to six comics. And so getting back to the jazz, I've had to I've had to follow a comic named Josie Jonesy. Sorry, Jonesy. J-O-N-E-S-Y. Right. I Jonesy? think it's S-E-Y. I'm not sure. I'm not sure, okay. but, but he's, he's goes, great. He Jonesy's great. By Jonesy. Yeah. But I, I want I want to get this right because I want to give him a shout out and I want people to follow him. I want people to look him up because he's a really yes. interesting, smart comic. Yeah. And a really swell cat. A really, really, really swell cat. Well said. And and great apropos to the movement that I'm talking about, because I, I've had the, the fortune of having to follow him twice. And. He is, um, he's thoughtful and he's provoking and he's pensive. And so I feel almost like we're in a jazz wind ensemble mm -hmm. when he passes me the mic. It's like he was on trumpet and now I'm taking the sax solo. And that's the and awesome thing about yes, stand-up yes. because that's exactly to me how it works, you know? And as a stand-up comedian, you want to pay attention to what's going on before you get on stage because... There's that rhythm in the room. And, and that, you and I have done it a lot. Yes. And that vibe and energy. You, you that, don't want to interrupt the rhythm that has already, and the tone that has already been set in that room. It's integral. It's so important to not interrupt that flow. Yep. Ben Glebe does it swimmingly. Um, what I love is, you know, my, my, um, my show Bottle Shock, I had Ben open the show and then I had another show where I had Ben Glebe close it. Right. And it to me, he's the quintessential jazz comic. Yeah, Ben's great. He's like, I mean, when you we you when you get to a place like Ben and I have known him a long time, you know, great, and you person. you have a confidence and you have an arsenal of tools. There's a beauty in working the crowd. Yes. You know, when you're off the page, and that's the bebop. Yeah. That is the bebop. It's the 
improv part of the you know the jam and, and i tell you i'm not great at it i'm classically trained you'll get better I'm at a little it though half beat behind you'll get <laughs> but you know what <laughs> that's true you are um, i'm just a little half beat because i studied with a metronome god damn it i have a very difficult time uh, going off the page. Yes, and your material is very good, and it's certainly a lock and load situation where you know it's tried and true, but it's a skill that you develop over a long time. Yes. And it really irks me. By the way, um, can I have more of this wine? Well, it's, I'm old-fashioned. I don't know if, um, are you pouring that? I, I would be happy I to pour I realize I'm the host more. of this it's, shindig, but- It, it is quite I, delicious. I am old-fashioned, and I do and quite so, like when you pour my wine. Kind sir. Oh, this, this is very beautiful it's, wine, by it the is way. Really good wine. We like Dashwood. Um, shout out to Foley Family Wines. Yeah, shout out to Foley. Is that who this is yes, from? Foley Family Wines portfolio. Well, and, uh, yeah, it, they're they're a great portfolio of they, wines, predominantly of Napa and Sonoma, but also some estates in New Zealand. And this is from Marlborough. Well, this is beautiful. Anyway, getting back to the uh, conversation about you and improvising. Mm-hmm. It's it's a skill that you develop over time. And when I say time, I mean, I don't even think you really a real, and I'm sorry to say this, but in my opinion, it really takes like 10 years. Oh, yeah. I've only been actually, doing it for seven. You know, and you are really well advanced for seven years. You know, you are, because the business has changed so much. Well, you are having sex with me. So what are you going to say? Not currently, not during this conversation, <laughs> but you know. <laughs> Yes, I am. You know, you are getting late. You know you're going to get late tonight, right? You don't have to like pour on these compliments. No, I'm not pouring on compliments. It's true. I When I was seven years in, I was a solid feature <laughs> act. I, I was doing, I was on the road. I was doing 30 solid minutes. Um, I wanted to headline. I knew I could do 45, but it wasn't killer yet. You know what I mean? But I really don't think you can really call yourself like, a seasoned comedian. It takes 10, 11, 12 years That's to really, say. you know, to be able to walk into a room of, sure. you know, people and for 30 minutes kill from start to finish with all your trap doors at hand, with not being able to get knocked off the pedestal, not with nothing to worry about, being in 100% total and complete control. Also, having this ease where you make it look like it's just that easy mm. and you there's no work involved yeah. you know yeah and there's this point where you all of a sudden have this comfort level mixed with this confidence that when you do get off the page all of the skills you've been building for the past eight nine ten years they sort of kick into autopilot mm. And your ability to interview an audience member for a minute and a half without getting a laugh, but knowing that because you know what's going to generate a laugh, you can direct the conversation there where all of a sudden it will end on a massive laugh, you That's know, seasoning. And that is just yes. time behind the wheel. It is. That's all it is. It isn't, well, he's good at improv and I'm not. Mm -hmm, That's mm -hmm. not the issue. The issue is just flight hours. But what I love about it is that is a great goal to have. Yeah. If you put in the time, you will get better. Right. Yeah. And, and, better. and that is totally true. Uh, opposed to acting opposed to a lot of you know crafts in the entertainment industry that are crapshoots. Stand-up comedy is not. You will get better if you put in the time. Yeah, I, I really um, I really believe that if in most cases that's true. Without naming any names, um, I've been seeing some guys around town for a long time. Okay, I just, I just want to, and I, I, I just want to interject for a second. Go ahead, because I, those guys, and we're not, and we probably know who they are. I don't believe that they're putting in the time. Right. I don't, and what I mean by that is work. Right. Like after they're set, are they going? 
you know, to their computer or their and their notes? And are they checking what word didn't work? Are they checking what rhythm didn't work? Are they checking, you know, well, restructuring a joke or that I see them get drunk. Right. I see them hanging out, socializing. Right, exactly. Right. Doing the same goddamn My material. Point. My point. I have seen comics for seven years. Doing do the same thing. act. It's unbelievable. It's crazy. Don't you write? So yes, those are the guys and girls and women and men right. who are not progressing. You know, it's, at, uh, by the way, and I can't say this enough times to people when they ask me, like, well, how do I do that? And I said, listen, ask a headliner with an earshot walk up to a headliner who you don't know and say hi my name is so-and-so I have this joke I know it's funny but I can't seem to make it work can you give me a piece of advice not only are you feeding an artist's ego so he will or she will be more than happy to, to say about themselves oh yeah sure <laughs> tell me the joke maybe I can help you mm -hmm. but you're also picking the brain of someone who's got you know, ten or fifteen thousand hours of flight hours. Yeah, yeah ten. The you know, thousand dollar or ten thousand dollar. Yeah, that's a good rule too. But the ten thousand right. hour rule. And it, Zhao Ying Summers and I were just talking about that in our past interview, and that's what she goes by, and it, she's definitely working towards it's it. It's flight hours, sure. yes. you know. You want to yes. be a good pilot. You want to. Yeah. You want to know how to stop the plane from going in a nosedive. Flight hours. So you're going on your thirty seventh year in comedy. How many hours do you estimate you've put in? I don't even know how to answer that question. I wouldn't right? even yeah. know. I, wonder, I mean, tens you know, of thousands you know, Dean, for sure. Dean Del Rey tracks his shows. He knows how many sets he's done and how many, you know. And Dean I, Del Rey needs to get a girlfriend. I, <laughs> I love Dean. No, Dean and I, if, if Dean's got the time to do that, he hell? needs to, you listen, I, I, I know my sets. When I do a set, like when I do your show, for example, it's in my notebook, Bottle Shock with the date. I know what I'm doing, but I don't clock each bit and then go home and add up how much time I've done. And so I know that on this night I did this much and for the year I've done this well, much you know, time. Well, I don't, I don't think he does that, but oh. he just, he, you know, he, he calculates how many sets he's done just right. over, because he probably looks at his calendar or something. And I do um, post in my stories the highlights of my Instagram stories. Sure. I post every story or um, every highlight, uh, every show into the highlight. So I, I guess I could, you know, technically. But then you have to, you, it's not just how many shows you've done. You have to, you have to, calculate how many minutes within that show exactly how many minutes I, at the mic and how do you a do long, that long time to put in 10,000 hours when you generally in Los Angeles and in New York when you're less than 10 years in you're only getting 10 to 15 minute spots that's when you're in town and that's again that is a big thing yes. because I try to tell these kids and I I say kids not in relation to a person's age but in relation to their comedy age you know and you are the age in comedy of the years you've been doing it like as a person if you've been doing stand-up comedy four years you're a four-year-old okay that's just the way it that's is the way it is sorry and be okay you, with that most people are not Every, understand I don't, that it's okay to suck i don't yeah it, not only is it okay to and, suck it, there's like, nothing better than cultivate sucking it cultivate the moment that you're like enjoy not having the pressure of having to be good right Exactly. I, I tell these kids this and I'm like, what are you kidding? You've been doing it a year and you're complaining because you don't kill. You're not supposed to kill. You're not supposed You've been to doing kill. this a year. Enjoy the process Enjoy of the sucking. Journey. No Enjoy one's, you got no pressure. No yeah. one's expecting anything from you. Mm -hmm. So if you have a good set, you've just surprised and blown away everybody watching. Exactly. Are you kidding me? And Enjoy I know that. people, I know these people who uh, you knew too, three years in, three and a half years oh, in. Wow. Oh, I'm working on my one hour special one hour special yeah how about working on five crushing minutes thank you, you i would you, love to see five crushing you minutes can't do an hour <laughs> everyone thinks they're better than they are yeah well let me sit in the room with them and watch <laughs> are you kidding i'm the guy who and believe me i know i alienate people because i don't lie well i tell you uh i think this is a perfect segue 
because you just filmed your one-hour special at Genghis Cohen two weeks ago. Oh, wow. We didn't plan that. <laughs> Look how that went. Yeah, I did. I did. A week ago Wednesday, I shot uh, my new one-hour special called Boy Out of New York. Outta. Outta. O-U-T-T-A. Boy Outta New Outta. York. Outta. Outta. Love it. Outta. Um, yeah, Boy Outta New York. And... Um, we shot it at Genghis Cohen on mm-hmm. Fairfax. A legendary rock and roll place. In that beautiful room in the mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was very lucky to have two amazing uh, people warm the crowd up for me. I had legendary uh, radio uh, personality, Fraser Smith. The best in the country. Who is just as good as they get. Howard Stern has admitted to stealing everything he does from Fraser. Fraser was the original morning man, the original morning zoo. You name it, Fraser was the guy. And I had an unbelievable host, Sarah Halstead. Don't know if you've ever heard of her. Yeah, she's very funny and quite beautiful. And let me tell you... <laughs> I have sex with her. I tell uh, you know you're going to get laid already, right? You're get like, I do know that. I do that. It better be your, your you know. I, hey, that I, ring ain't working. I really, uh, <laughs> I, I really enjoyed the special. Um, the room was your room, and they were there for you, and they laughed. It was kind of annoying because sometimes they would laugh before you even gave the punchline because they're just so excited to see you. I was very you know? lucky and because this is long overdue i was very lucky it's so overdue because you really are the antithesis of these young comics that are these charlatans that are coming into town you know riding in and thinking oh i've been doing comedy for one year and i'm gonna do my special or three years and i'm gonna do i did a 30 hour or seven years i i did a 30 minute special at five and I'm not saying it's a great it's a great special, but it is a nice little snippet of where a comedian is at that stage. And let me I'll be honest with you. I have seen your special. I don't know if you know this. Do you know I've seen your special? Well, I see when I get a bigger check every month. That I've seen I've it. Seen I, I've watched your special nine hundred and eighty seven times. <laughs> By the way, that right there is a perfect example of time hours behind the wheel 987 is a very funny number you've yeah okay i could have said i've seen your special 10 times times. okay and there's it's it's about rhythm 987 that's a funny number it is yes and seven rhythm seven has when you use seven correctly Mm -hmm. it's 37 yes okay 37 is a great number what do you mean i called you 37 times well you helped me build uh golden girls golden girls yep it just gets a bigger laugh when you emphasize g it it, it has two hard uh consonants up front and ends in a hard s and paints a picture very easily. And I, this is another thing about comedy, which a lot of people don't understand when I talk about it being a difficult art form. We are visual artists, and a lot of people don't understand this about comedy. Our job is to paint pictures with words. We have to get the audience to see in their mind's eye what we are seeing in our mind's eye so that they get the joke yes you know and a lot of time a lot of younger comics don't understand that there's a logic in the progression of how a joke works because they don't read a book they don't ask questions they won't read the books they (laughs) don't so many books on this topic that no one reads yeah and painting pictures with words essential it's comedy 101 and it is an extremely specific aspect of the art form Mm -hmm. you know and uh so when you were doing that joke and the joke is uh my cat has anxiety so i have him on medicinal cannabis (coughs) and that's going really well except now all he wants to eat potato chip now all he wants to do is eat potato chips and watch insecure now right so so that was the joke right you gave me a note and said change it to golden girls correct so now all he wants to do is eat potato chips and binge on golden girls right whoa man woo it was crazy i mean it was it just the reaction I mean, granted, Golden Girls is more universe. Well, that's the thing, writing universal. Still, the number one show on Hulu doesn't matter. Number one show on Hulu. On Hulu, 
And right. that's still right. a limited yes. viewership. It's limited knowledge. Right. It's not everybody it, watching Insecure. It's not. It's not <laughs> it's one uni- of my favorite shows it's, ever. It's not. But so is Golden right, Girls. But it's so I can not say it universal. With the same conviction. <laughs> Golden Girls is Betty fucking White. Yes. B. Arthur, Rue yes. McClanahan. Yes, yes, it yes. is an epic cult mm-hmm. classic. Mm-hmm. And. Everybody knows Golden Girls. I have a Golden Girls joke that I do every four years. What is it? During the election. When I, okay, and the joke is pretty simple. It's like, you know, uh, so the election's coming up. We got a couple of choices this year, you know. I never know who to vote for. And this year, we don't really have great choices. Trying to decide who to vote for this year is like trying to decide which Golden Girl you want to fuck. Oh, shit. <laughs> Well, of and, course. But everybody knows and, and, Golden and, and, Girls. And everyone chimes in which which Golden Girl they would fuck. So when I, I really when, don't want to see that. But thread. when I help you, <laughs> but when I when I rewrote that joke for you, it was at a first of all. Oh, I want to I want to just stop you right there. P, you you did not. No, no, no. I rewrote the, the joke. We, no one I, writes my jokes. No, that is not what I'm no saying. No one writes my jokes. I don't take any tags. Right. I'm really, really. Um, but when I helped in, you with in, the punchline, insanely picky about that. That you, is correct. Yet you changed two words in that joke, and it worked. And thank you. Right. You did that's, not write the joke. No, I didn't write the joke. I, I helped you with the punchline. Yes. Well, okay. Yes. Exactly. And and the thing is, number one, you were in. Florida. Was that our first fight. That may have been our no, first fight. No, but I think. Oh no, you were in. You were in Michigan opening up for a, a comedian, Craig Shoemaker, who happens to have at Riley's. Uh, um, you, you you were at uh, Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle, yes. and you were working for an audience who Craig Shoemaker's audience is traditionally a little bit more. What do I want to say this diplomatically? Advanced in age. <laughs> um, and so, so uh, Golden Girls was Works. a logical for that. It worked much, much better. Correct. But on top of that, it's a much more universal reference. And writing locally, Hulu is a local joke only because in the Midwest, a lot of people don't have it. It's a New York, it's a Chicago, it's a Miami, it's a it's more of a metropolis, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Unlike Netflix that everybody has. Okay. All right. So Golden Girls was just a more universal reference. It was. And but the G's too. Yes, the well Gut. it follows the rules of stand up right. with the, with the hard consonants right. and all that stuff. And the joke is so good about the cat being on medicinal marijuana. All he wants to do is binge and you literally could have said all he wants to do is binge and watch TV. I could have, and but it, that would have been eh, no, but you know, but make it more specific. Uh-huh. Like your suggestion to me with the bathtub joke. Okay, instead of read a book, you said read Moby Dick. Be specific about yes, that, which yes. changed the impact of that joke. Oh, well, thank you. Okay, you did you that for that. me. So you back you to did, you. and I didn't. You know, and I didn't change. By the your, way, how are we on time? Your, we have ten minutes. Okay, I didn't write your joke. Right? I no, you it. helped I fix. I suggested that you You helped some, fix uh, the yeah, tag. You gave me, a, you actually right. fixed one of the tags yeah. for that joke. So we do that for each other. We do that for it's each really other. It's really fun. But the thing is in comedy, the, when I was coming up, you did that for everybody. Mm. Hey, you'd watch someone on stage, you go, man, I've seen you do that joke five times and five times the punchline works, but none of those tags work. Why don't you try this tag? Yeah. And the guy would be like, wow, great, thanks. Oh, that's funny. Let me do that tomorrow night. But But now people... But but you're not the comic that's going to do it and do it and do it and it doesn't get a laugh. I mean... I, those are the comics that really frustrate me. If it doesn't get a laugh after the third time of doing it, change it, please. Yeah, but it like, takes. What? But as you know, it takes six months f- to get a joke perfect. I, I I understand that, but but you should always be adding different nuance to that joke in order to get it honed Correct. in six months. And Correct. S- some com- they they just do it the exact same way. And think that magically one day it's going to get a laugh. <laughs> I know. Is it? Uh, but anyway, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, bitching too much about the uh, about younger comics. About, right. And and you know the the thing is we've I, I was there and I'm probably still there. You're always better 
that are in your mind you're always further along than you really are oh yeah and i know i have a long way to go and i'm not perfect well and I, I have a lot of work to put in but there's nothing else i'd rather well, do you are very you know? funny and you are very smart and you write very smart jokes you know you're getting laid tonight right i so am ready. <laughs> all right so you know the ring's not real i, I want to <laughs> the ring is gorgeous the ring is gorgeous it's the most beautiful ring i've ever seen and uh, that's all I'll say. This is a love comedy I, I centric show today. I don't like to, you know, show off. I'm not a bling bling person, but I love the ring. <laughs> uh, you did a really, really good job on the ring. And that's all I'll say about it. But um, I think that I, I want to go back to your comedy special because it's a big deal. Okay. And it's also going to be produced by, or can we talk about this or not yet? No, well, you know, I got very lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, as long as they like the material, uh, 800 Pound Gorilla has, which is a very, very big uh, comedy uh, supplier of, one of content, the, one, of, one the biggest, of the biggest, and they have agreed to take it on and uh, get the audio up on Sirius. And uh, that's a big shout out to the wonderful, amazing, talented uh, Judy Pastore, who has been working in comedy for 40 years, back in the days of Showtime Comedy Club Network and uh, Comedy Express, not Comedy Express, what do you call it, Comic Strip Live. Like, Judy Pastore has been in the comedy business for, you know, although she's only 30, um, she's been in the comedy business for a long time and she's genius and knows comedy better than almost anybody on that level and I'm very blessed that uh, my agent Danny Robinson is good friends with Judy and Judy Danny Robinson with APA with Agency for the Performing Arts she said as long as we like what it is I'll you know we will jump on that bandwagon so we're hoping that you know judy that they like the material and we're hoping that uh that um amazon likes the material and we'll get it up on amazon prime hopefully and you'll be able to watch boy out of new york Uh, we start cutting it in about a week or so exciting yeah and a shout out to gary robinson by the way gary robinson he cut your special didn't he special and he also was the executive producer he's a what a man gem he's amazing he's a good friend he is a, just a great sounding board, you know, just someone that I is just always there. You know, if you. there's people, and if if you're listening to this, I don't mean to interrupt you, but if 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 there's people in your life who are really great at things, or they show up for you in a way that changes even a day for you, whatever, acknowledge them, tell them so, let them know that you recognize who they are, what they're doing, and what they bring to the table. It's a level of humanity that in today's world that moves so fast with immediate expectations and bullshit being put on the internet to make everybody think your life's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Tell another human being that you recognize who's they, who they are and what their value is to you. It You'd be surprised just how... Um, moving that would be not only for them to hear it but for you to be the recipient of their um, gratuity for that acknowledgement and I I use that word acknowledgement carefully and that's I think we people don't acknowledge each other they don't they don't and I and I know it's a an overused poem that's been published everywhere but Ralph uh, Emerson Mm -hmm. uh, has um, uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson, right? Is right, that, yeah, Ralph yes. Waldo Emerson. Emerson. He wrote my very favorite poem. And one of the lines, it's the definition of success. And one of the lines is to live to know that you have made one person breathe easier. Yeah. And, and that's not, you know, perfect, but it's something like that. Yeah. And whether, it, whether it be a garden patch or a redeemed social condition. Right. Like just to, to live knowing that you have made one breathe easier because you have lived. Yeah. That's it. It's, that's it, it. It's, it's a lack of self. It, 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 it shows generosity. And just I just really wanted to acknowledge Gary Robinson because yes, he really showed up for Gary, me. Gary, you're, you're, you're that... You have made me breathe easier, that's for sure. And, and likewise. And I, and I have a feeling he's going to do that for you. With yeah, this he's special. a good man. He's a good friend. You knocked it out of the park. You really, really Thank did. You. The special was fantastic. It's going to be via album and uh, um, on a major network. We can't talk about the network, but, um, but we... 
it's going to be on a major network right. soon, and then you'll start all that fun promo, and, and I'll come back on the show. Exactly, exactly. Where yeah, it'll definitely. take me nine more years gonna, to get on here. <laughs> gonna ride the wave of the special, which is really exciting. Yeah. And good job with that. And um, thank I'm, you. I'm really, I'm really proud um, that 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 finally came into fruition. As, Me too. As your friend and as your partner, and it's well, thank you for the inspiration really and for the pushing and for. The, I did kind of push you. you, you really a little did. bit, a little bit. How are we on Not time? Not like a bully, but we have two minutes left. Well, then I didn't, pu- I didn't push you like a bully, but I kind let, of pushed let's, you like a bully. Let's beat. Let's beat that out. <laughs> uh, you. Uh, this has been an amazing time for thank me. Thank you. Thank you for having me, and tell them where they can find me. And, well, and thanks for being on the show. I'm grateful I, for I the love time. That this was how you how how i presented us and it's our coming out episode yes we are we are out we're now. getting married there's we're getting married and there's no more secret girlfriend for all my friends who have heard secret girlfriend <laughs> and if you're not a friend and you don't know me you can find me on uh, rich Ch- well yeah you're rich chastler on all socials all socials i am rich chastler everywhere yes and that's c-h-a-s-s-l-e-r soon to be your last name me missing you know what i'm saying that's what she's I, saying <laughs> thank you very very much for tuning in And we'll see you next time. Thank you for having me.